Yo, how's it going, everybody? This is Noah Eldridge from the Eldridge Podcast, and we are back for episode 32. Let's get it. <laughs> so I got a crazy stat to start off today's episode. So Mitchell Robinson last season, I guess well, the 2019-2020 season, uh, Mitchell Robinson, center for the New York Knicks, holds the best true shooting percentage in a season ever, 72.6%. This season... So far, there is someone beating that percentage. And I know who you're thinking you got, there's some guys up there. You got an Andre Drummond, maybe a, a lot of centers come to mind. A lot of inside centers, maybe a Jared Allen, maybe Mitchell Robinson again. No, Joe Ingles, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Ingles, 73.2%, which is more than 72.6. It would be the highest true shooting percentage ever. Like ever, Joe Ingles, what a legend, man. I hope he gets it. That would be awesome. I like Mitchell Robinson, but hopefully Ingles gets it. I mean, he's barely got it right now. And I mean, if you miss a couple shots, you're done (laughs) and he's got to get back up. But, and there's still a lot of season left, but I mean, that would be so awesome if he got it. So shout out to Joe Ingles. But moving on to the next topic here, this was from Hoop Supply on Twitter They said Steph Curry's unanimous MVP season was one to remember. Totally agree. But these were notable records he set in that season. 402 three-point field goals, most uh, four games with 10 plus three-point field goals. 81 three-pointer, or sorry, 81 three-point field goals in a month, the month of January. And then 17 points in overtime, game four versus Portland. He was the 2015-2016 unanimous MVP. I think people take that for granted sometimes. It really was an amazing season. And I think he deserved the unanimous MVP. A lot of people don't, but I believe he did. All right, moving on to the next topic here. This is from our boys at RTNBA. We get most stuff from there on Snapchat. So Zion Williamson this season, the 2020 NBA season, he is averaging more points per game than Donovan Mitchell, Anthony Davis, James Harden, Devin Booker, and Jason Tatum. So A little, a little misleading because Davis hasn't played great thus far and hasn't played a lot. Harden's points per game obviously went down because he's playing with KD and Kyrie. Booker surprised me. Mitchell surprised me. And Tatum kind of surprised me too because I feel like they're getting more shots than Zion. But great for Zion, man. He's averaging more rebounds per game than Montrez Harrell, Jason Tatum, Miles Turner, Kawhi Leonard, and Hassan Whiteside. I don't know why Kawhi and Jason Tatum on, are on here. Like, I mean, I would have picked Zion to be averaging more rebounds than them. So that doesn't surprise me. Um, he gets more playing time than Harrell. So that doesn't surprise me. Turner, I mean, I guess it's tough to say what I would say because I'm looking at the stats now. But, I mean, Turner and Whiteside both haven't been great. I probably would have said Turner's averaging more but I would have said he was averaging more rebounds than Harold, Tatum, Kawhi, and Whiteside. Not trying to put Zion down, just saying some of these stats could be a little misleading. He's averaging more steals than Wiggins, Durant, Luka, Mikel Bridges, and Rudy Gobert. So, once again, Wiggins isn't the greatest defender in my opinion, so that didn't surprise me. KD surprised me a little bit. Luka did not surprise me. He's not a good defender. Uh, Mikel Bridges... I don't know what I would have said there. Probably Mikel Bridges and then Rudy Gobert. Once again, tough because he's a big, but he's a very good defender. So 
Steals, I was not surprised by Wiggins or Luka. I was surprised by KD, Mikel Bridges, and Rudy Gobert. Last one, higher field goal percentage than Stephen Curry, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic, and Anthony Davis. Once again, Davis hasn't been playing that good this year, so we'll list that one off. But, I mean, Jokic and Embiid, that's just because they take more threes and Giannis because he takes more jump shots. Uh, Curry is got great shooting percentages and great efficiency for a guard, but it's different when you go up against a guy like Zion. Zion's just not taking as many threes as these guys. So just want to say, so that's it for this graphic. I'm not putting Zion down. I just want to say sometimes these stats can be a little misleading. Uh, but no, he's balling this season, bro. I mean, he's killing it. I want to look at his stats overall because it doesn't say what he's averaging this season. It just says what he has, like what, how he beats those guys out. He has more in this stat or that stat. So I want to look up Zion Williamson's stats this season. We always, By the way, I always use basketball reference if you guys want to look up stats or anything. Um, ooh, interesting. Okay, I just got an alert. So the Pistons offered – hold on, hold on. Oh, so the Kings offered Marvin Bagley for Sadiq Bay, and the Pistons rejected the offer. I would have rejected it too. I like Sadiq Bay more than Marvin Bagley. Interesting one. I mean, the Kings are just trying to get rid of Bagley. The dude just gets hurt all the time. But no, I think good decision by the Pistons to decline that. I like Sadiq Bay, and I hope Bagley's good someday. He just gets hurt, man. But anyways, back to the task at hand. Zion, 26-7-3. and Ooh, And you know those shooting percentages are nice. Let's see. He is 62% from field goal range, 35% from three, dude. We will take that from Zion. Are you kidding me? Wow. Free throw, 70%. Okay, we'll take that. 0.9 steals per game, 0.7 blocks, three turnovers. That is not good. Three turnovers is not good. But besides that, Zion is balling, man. Shout out to Zion. So um, moving on to the next topic here. Ladies and gentlemen, we got another upset. I mean, should we even call them upsets anymore in March Madness? Like, they're just happening every five minutes. Oregon, the seventh seed has beaten Iowa, the number two seed, with Luca Garza. Wow. I mean, so the Hawkeyes were eyeing – so the Hawkeyes are Iowa. They were eyeing their first Sweet 16 in 22 years, and they couldn't get there. They couldn't get there. Shout out to Oregon, man. They're balling. I, this was one of those games. I was like, I really didn't have a preference. I liked both teams. So I was like, whoever wins this, I'm cool with. And Oregon won, so I'm cool with it. But Oregon was up 10 at halftime. It was 56-46. But Luke Garza, Luca Garza had 22 points in the first half. Dude just killed it, man. I mean, the game just ended, I'm pretty sure. So let me check the stats here. 95-80 to 80 is your final score. So they got the dub, won by 15 points. Is that your final score? Let's see. Hold on. My phone's all messed up now. Let's check. Oregon, Iowa score. Actually, I should probably go to ESPN instead of looking it up on Safari. I got to ask you guys. I mean, my ESPN, I like ESPN. Shout out to ESPN. But I swear, man, like sometimes it won't even load and it's so slow. So let's see if it loads today. Okay, it's loading up. I'm not going to get mad. We're good. We're good. Okay. So Oregon won 95 to 80. Yeah. First half, like I said, 56 to 46. And then Oregon also won the second half, 39, 34. But it was a little closer. Uh, 
Chris Duarte had 23 points, shot 9 for 12, 4 for 5 from free throw for the Ducks. And then Luca Garza ended with 36 points, 14 for 25 for 7 from free throw range. Then rebounds-wise, it was LJ Figueroa. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. He had seven rebounds, four defensive rebounds, three offensive rebounds. Luca Garza, of course, led in rebounds, nine rebounds, five defensive rebounds, four offensive rebounds. Assisting-wise, Chris Duarte, again, had seven assists, two turnovers. And then Joe Weiskamp, I believe is how you pronounce it, five assists, three turnovers. So, all right, moving on to the box score here. So, yeah, I mean, Luca Garza, 14 for 20 from field goal range, 3 for 4 from 3, 9 rebounds, 1 assist, 36 points. I mean, what else can you ask for? He shot amazing. Uh, Wise Camp, 7 for 17, 3 for 8 from 3, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 17 points. And that was about it for Iowa. I mean, uh, McCaffrey shot 4 for 6, 0 for 2 from 3, 2 rebounds, 1 assist, 10 points. They had 3 people in double digits. And that's the difference. When you go to Oregon... You had Williams Jr., three for nine, one for three, which isn't get great, but nine points, two assists, sorry, two rebounds, one assist. Then you had o- Omarui, sorry, I can't pronounce names, man, eight for 15, one for five from three, which isn't great, but six rebounds, five assists, 17 points. Duarte with 23 points, seven assists, three rebounds, one for three from three, not great, but nine for 12, which is amazing. Uh, Figura, <laughs> Figurua, LJ, eight for 14. Five for nine from three, which is great. Seven rebounds, one assist, 21 points. And then Richardson, seven for 10, three for four from three, six rebounds, seven assists, 19 points. I mean, their starting five balled out. Didn't shoot, but see, I say they didn't shoot great. And then you look down and you're like, wow, 55.9% from field goal range, amazing. 44% from three, amazing. I mean, then you go to Iowa, 45.6% from field goal range, eh, and then 32% from three. That's just not going to cut it. So they lose by 15. Another upset. So Oregon moves on to the Sweet 16. We'll have to see how everything plays out today. But big win for Oregon. So shout out to the Ducks. Hopefully they continue to keep moving on. But we got some more news, and I know I can be very – judgmental of Kyrie Irving, but he will be out the next three games. The Nets announced Kyrie Irving won't join the team on their three-game road trip in order to tend to a family matter. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to, oh man, I got to be careful here. I don't want to say anything crazy, but last time you were tending to a family matter, You went to your, I can't remember if it was his sister or his cousin. I believe it was his sister's birthday party and was not wearing a mask and partying. And so I don't know, man. I don't know if I can really trust Kyrie here. I mean, I hope everything's okay. I hope his family's okay. But can we really trust anything this dude says right now? Or is he just taking another break? Is he just, eh, Katie's hurt. I don't really want to play right now. Harden's okay. He'll win a few games. We'll be all right. Whatever. I don't know. I can't trust anything Kyrie says or does. I can't because I don't even know that this dude wants to play basketball. I think basketball is like some hobbies, like whatever. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. He's supremely talented, but I, I don't know, man. I question his effort and his attitude. I don't even know if he wants to play right now. So I'm not going to speak for him. We'll see what happens with him and if he's out three games or even longer and what he says 
Um, he doesn't need to say what the family matter is. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying next time he had to, or last time he had to do something like that, he wasn't really doing that. So moving on to the next topic here. When will LeBron and AD return? This was a quote from Woj. Three weeks, even a month is the latest timetable on injuries of LeBron James and Anthony Davis from Woj. This is not good, guys. Not good at all. They're saying... I've seen three to four weeks uh, for LeBron. I've seen Davis at least three weeks. I've seen six to eight weeks for LeBron. This is not good, guys. Not good at all. This changes our entire perspective going into the trade deadline. Now we got to make a move. I mean, if it's Bradley Beal, if it's Damian Lillard, I know I'm shooting high, but we got to make moves, dude. I mean, we got to get – these are just – I'm not saying we got to get all of these. I'm saying we got to get a few of these, but I'm talking white side if they're bought out. Whiteside, JaVel McGee, Andre Drummond, Cousins. We got to get like two out of those four. Probably trade or release Marcus Gasol. Move Wesley Matthews if we can, whether it's through a trade or just releasing him as well. Um, Tony Snell, if he gets bought out. Wayne Ellington, if he gets bought out. Rajon Rondo, if he gets bought out. We got to make some moves, dude. It's I'm concerned, so we'll have to see what happens. But I believe the trade deadline's tomorrow. I believe so, because I think I saw something saying the trade deadline's on Tuesday. Today's Monday, so trade deadline, I'm guessing, is tomorrow. By the way, if you guys are wondering, like, oh, why aren't you at school? I'm on spring break right now, so that's why I'm uh, making an episode at this time. But, all right, moving on to the next topic here. So, this is, I mean, so this was from Snapback Sports by Jack. I swear he's mentioned in every episode, so shout out to him. But I totally agree with this. He was talking about the Oregon-Iowa game because Oregon was up by so much and the game was basically over. He put, my pre-tournament theory was that the best teams, meaning the better seeds, would pretty much roll because of limited fans and now it's only upsets. Facts, bro. <laughs> like, facts. I mean, I totally, like, because I was like, the fans play such a big part, you would think. And maybe other people think, oh, well, a team like, I don't know, who's a team that would have like a big, I don't know, but a team that is the higher seed that would have more fans, like Ohio State versus Oral Roberts. Ohio State would have more fans for sure. That'd be like 80% Ohio State. So maybe not as many fans helped Oral Roberts in that situation. So I don't know. You could really look at it either way, but either way, it is so exciting to watch. I'm loving it. So moving on to the next topic here oh by the way going back to Luca Garza with Iowa and the Oregon game this shouldn't I mean I don't know when he's gonna be drafted first round second round undrafted I don't know this should not bring down his draft stock though I mean Oklahoma State losing last night and Cade Cunningham not playing that good that might bring down his draft stock but Garza this shouldn't bring it down he balled out he shot great the rest of his team just didn't show up in Oregon shot gray. It happens, man. I mean, it's March Madness. Anything can happen. It happens. So uh, I, I don't think Luca Garza's draft stock should go down at all. I, this isn't his fault. He played great. He shot great. I mean, I don't really know how his defense was. I didn't watch the game. But yeah, Oregon just shot great and Iowa didn't. And it just happens. Yeah, think about that. Iowa's shooting percentages were that bad. And that's with Garza shooting amazing. Like not like, oh, he shot pretty good. Like he shot great. So, yeah, moving on to the next topic here. This was from Stephen A. Max Kellerman on first take. 
The question was, who is under the most pressure to capitalize off of LeBron's injury? I don't agree with Stephen A a lot, but I gotta agree with him in this situation. It is the LA Clippers. That was what he said. Go, go ahead and check out the video. I'm not going to say what he said. He did say the LA Clippers, but I'm not going to give his reasoning. I totally agree with him, though. I mean, some people want to say the Suns and the Jazz because they're higher seeds, but this is the chance for the Clippers to somehow get a better record than the Lakers in the regular season and kind of have that over them. And you guys may think, oh, it's not that big of a deal until the playoffs. Like, But it is. They're, I mean, the Clippers, <laughs> the Clippers haven't won anything in a while. They've never been to the conference finals. Never. Like in their entire team's existence, they have never been to a Western Conference Finals series. Never even been there. It's not like, oh, they went and they lost. They've never even been there. So if they just get a good regular season, because I know you're like, oh, well, home court advantage isn't going to help against the Lakers because they will both play in Staples Center, which is true. I'm not saying that. I'm saying to have a better record, to get some momentum going into the playoffs, to get a better seed so then you can have a home playoff series against a different Western Conference team, I think it would help the Clippers most. Suns and the Jazz are going to stay consistent and stay as top three, top four seeds. Clippers could make a jump here, and the Lakers could definitely fall. So it's going to be interesting, guys. I hope the Lakers make a move at the deadline. But I would agree with Stephen A. Smith and say the L.A. Clippers. Moving on to the next topic here. This is also from... First take with Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith. They asked, so Molly asked, what is the best, I can't remember the question exactly, but it was like, what is the best story in March Madness? What's the best, you know, stuff like that. And Max Kellerman said Syracuse, which is a very good answer. He also talked about Loyola Chicago, but his final answer was Syracuse. Stephen A. Smith said Oral Roberts. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, I do not agree a lot with Stephen A. Smith. I got to go with Oral Roberts. I mean, to me, it's not even close. Loyola Chicago's got a great story. I'm cheering for them. I'm not a huge fan of Syracuse, so I will be cheering for them to lose. <laughs> but they got a big win over West Virginia uh, the other night. But yeah, three great stories. But Oral Roberts easily. I mean, they were a 15th seed. They barely got in, right? They beat Ohio State. I mean, people had Ohio State going to at least the, uh, the Sweet 16, at least but even the, the Elite Eight, some people probably had them in the Final Four. Some people probably had them winning. Like, and they're a 15th seed out here getting dubs. Like, I, people didn't even know that Oral Roberts was a school before they were in this tournament. I mean, people know Syracuse and they have a good zone and they have a great coach. You know what I mean? And Loyola Chicago has been good in the tournament before. Not saying they don't deserve any credit. No one even knows Oral Roberts, man. They're only the second 15th seed to get to the Sweet 16. I'm trying to remember who else they beat. I'm drawing a blank right now. They beat Florida. That's a seventh seed. They beat them, man. Like, they're balling, and they definitely have the best story. No disrespect to Syracuse or Loyola Chicago, who both reached the Sweet 16. I get it. Loyola beat a number one seed who is Illinois. But, I mean, they're an eighth seed. So, I mean, it's still a huge upset. I'm not like trying to not give them credit. They deserve credit for sure. It's just Oral Roberts is on another level in my opinion. And then yeah, Syracuse beat San Diego State and now they beat West Virginia a three seed. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, 
yeah, it's close, but I give it to Oral Roberts. So moving on to the next topic here. Oh, here's the other games for today. I'm just going to make my predictions because why not? We'll look over my bracket when the championship's over. But we have Oklahoma-Gonzaga, which let me see. Is that on right now? No, it's not. Okay, Oklahoma-Gonzaga. I'm going to go with Gonzaga pretty easily. They might blow them out. Uh, Abilene Christian or UCLA? I'm going to go with UCLA. I just think UCLA is going to get the dub. And then Ohio versus Creighton. I'm going to go with Ohio. I think Ohio is going to upset them. I'm cheering for Creighton, Abilene Christian, and Gonzaga. But I think Gonzaga, UCLA, and Ohio will win. Um, Gonzaga's favored by 14 and a half. Holy moly. Uh, UCLA's favored by four and a half, and Creighton's favored by five and a half. Creighton kind of surprises me. I thought it'd be less than that. But yeah, those are my predictions. We'll see how I do. But. Wow, so coming back to Snapback Sports by Jack, he made a bet today and it did not work out for him. His bet of the day, which credit to him, he's 71 and 52, now 71 and 53, but he bets 100 bucks every time. If you bet 100 bucks on each of his bet of the days, you would have $2,490 right now. So, I mean, it's positive. So he's doing good, trust me. But yeah, the bet of the day was Iowa. Oh, wait. No, yeah, I was still wrong, though. It was only a first-half bet. He said it was Iowa minus three at first half. So Iowa had to have been up by three or more at halftime, and they were down 10, unfortunately. So he put, can we win five bets in a row? Note, this is just a first-half bet. Oregon is extremely overmatched. Garza should eat, and this Hawkeye team may be rounding into form, looking for a fast start. I mean, he was right about Garza going crazy and eating, but... Yeah, they were they're down 10, so that's tough. That's tough. But moving on to the next topic here. So yeah, we will talk about it more. Oral Roberts beat number 7 Florida last night. Oral Roberts is a 15 seed. Final score is 81 to 78. They are the second 15 seed, like I said earlier in the episode, to reach the Sweet 16. The other one was Florida Gulf Coast in 2013. So, by the way, shout out to the Oral Roberts fans. They got such a great fan base. So does Loyola Chicago. Just such great fan bases. That's awesome. But yeah, uh, Obanor from, I don't know if I'm pronouncing their names right. I'm sorry. But Obanor or Obanor from Oral Roberts had 28 points, 11 rebounds, no assists. And then, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Wow. Breaking news. Just, literally just in now. Elgin Baylor dies at 86. Lakers confirmed the 11-time NBA All-Star and Hall of Famer died of natural causes. Oh, man. Wow. I mean, I, I was literally just, wow. I was literally just looking at my notifications and this just popped up. Wow. Um, pray, I'm praying for his family. That is so sad. I mean, eight, 86 years old, man, but a Lakers legend. You know what? Elgin Baylor is so underrated. We're going to have to talk about Elgin Baylor in one of these episodes because he is so underrated and no one gives him credit. I swear. Like, people just forget about him, man. His stats were amazing. I get it. He played a long, long time ago. But he was great, man. A Laker legend. Wow. Praying for his family. RIP Elgin Baylor, man. All right, getting back to the task at hand here. Uh, Man from Florida, 19.7 rebounds, 4 assists. Wow, that just totally caught me off guard, man. My phone buzzed, and I just... Wow. R.I.P. Elgin Baylor, man. R.I.P. Uh, 
Moving on to the next topic here. Yes, so we did talk about Loyola Chicago. They're an eighth seed. They did beat a number one seed, Illinois. A crazy thing about it was final score was 71-58. So Loyola Chicago beat them pretty good. Craziest thing about it, Illinois never led in the game. They never had a lead. So Loyola Chicago, man, watch out. Watch out, man. Okay, I know I don't talk a lot about golf, (laughs) but because I'm just not that informed, I know a little bit about golf, not a lot. But look, I don't know him, but we just got to get the news out there. Matt Jones, uh, minus 12, wins by five strokes over Brandon Hagee, Brandon Hagee for second PGA Tour victory. So shout out to Matt Jones, man. He won the Honda Classic is the name of the tournament. We just got to get the news out there, man. That's, (laughs) That's all we're trying to do. But um, moving on to the next topic here. So once again, we were talking about number 14, Abilene Christian. They beat Texas 53 to 52. It was a close game, but Texas should have won that game, man. And Abilene Christian gets the dub. I mean, the game shouldn't have been close, but Abilene Christian coming in clutch, winning the game. Joe Pleasant hits the winning free throws with 1.2 seconds left. Texas had a shot to win it and missed the bucket. Um. Yeah, so Iowa, who lost today, number two seed, they to get to this game, they beat Grand Canyon, 86 to 74. Grand Canyon was a 15th seed, pretty expected. Uh, Garza had 24 points, the most by a Hawkeyes player in tournament since 2015. So he obviously broke that today with 36. That's crazy. He had 22 in the first half. Ridiculous. And he only had 24 last game. I say only. That's a great game. 24 points, six rebounds, one assist, and then. Midgard or Midgard from Grand Canyon University, 18.6 rebounds, one assist. On to the next topic here. Impact of LeBron James injury. This was on ESPN Plus. I don't have ESPN Plus. This is another reason why I have trouble with ESPN is because I can't look at a lot of articles. I get most of my stuff from Bleach Report. I do get stuff from ESPN as well. How long could James be out was a question. So I'm going to try to answer that right now. I'm going to say the Lakers are super, super cautious. And he is going to, you know, he's going to be out five weeks. I've seen three to four. I've seen six to eight. I'm going to say he's out five weeks and then he's back. Davis, I'm going to say four weeks. Um, how far could the Lakers drop? I mean, dude, we could drop to like the sixth or the seventh seed. I mean, I got to keep it real with you guys. It's, it's a tight race in the West. We could drop. Will this affect the MVP race? Of course. Of course, yeah. I mean, Embiid's hurt. LeBron's hurt. Jokic has been good all year. Does he take the lead? Does Lillard take the lead? I don't know, man. We're going to have to see. It's a tight race right now for MVP, I'd say, though. I'd say it's a tight race. Moving on to the next topic here. Uh, Robert Kraft, if you guys don't know, is the owner of the Patriots. He compared free – I don't know if you guys know – Well. You guys definitely know if you're an NFL fan, they went crazy in free agency, spent a ton of money, the most money they've spent in like literally like 10 years, and they just went crazy. Uh, He compared free agency to stocks. (laughs) He correlated the free agency spending spree to investing in the stock market. I don't know what he's trying to do. I mean, (laughs) they made some good signings, and I'm happy for the Patriots. I don't know what he's trying to say, but... Good for them, man. I, I don't know what to say. Robert Kraft, you're, you're a weird guy, you know? But as I've said earlier in the episode, LeBron to miss three to four weeks. Los Angeles is preparing for their start to miss up to a month with a high right ankle sprain. That was also from Woj. So yeah, I'm going to say five weeks on LeBron. I'm going to say four weeks on Davis because it said three weeks at least for Davis. And I've seen three weeks at least for LeBron. 
but I've seen three to four and also six to eight. So I'm going five weeks with LeBron, and then Davis is just a wuss, so he's not going to come back in three weeks. He'll come back in four. All right, moving on to the next topic here. This game was from uh, a few days ago. Houston beat the Rutgers. Houston was the number two seed. The Cougars clutched in and won, and it helped them take down the 10-seeded Scarlet Knights, 63-60 to to move on to the Sweet 16. I... Dude, when I was filling out my bracket, man, I had the Rutgers in one of them beating Houston. And just to know that that game was close helped me out a little bit. But, man, if the Rutgers would have won that game. Just Houston always seems to choke. But, I mean, they're they're not choking. They're doing good. So, uh, oh, man, just got another alert. Garza, very emotional after the loss. Two-time first-team All-American Luca Garza. F- Luca Garza fights back tears after dropping 36 points in his last game with Iowa. I mean, not the best way to go out losing, obviously, and not making it to the Sweet 16, and it's an upset, but he balled out, bro. You can't blame that loss on him. You just can't. So, Luca Garza, I know that's tough, man, getting out of the tournament, but you're going to be all right, man. You're, you're going to the NBA, brother, so you're going to be good. Uh, moving on to the next topic here. I was so pissed. My number one team that I was cheering for in this tournament was Texas Tech, and they lost, man. They lost to Arkansas. Oh, it was a close game. Arkansas survived barely. Arkansas was a number three seed. The Razorbacks held off the number six Red Raiders in a close 68-66 to ending. They will face the winner of Florida Oral Roberts in the Sweet 16. Oral Roberts won, so it'll be Oral Roberts versus Arkansas. I'm going to go with Oral... Um, I don't know. I'm going to go with Oral Roberts there just because they're killing it, and I'm cheering for them. So, and I don't know a ton about Arkansas, but... Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for this episode. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. We're dropping episodes daily now. We're getting on a schedule. We're looking good. So hope you guys are enjoying the episodes. Uh, I haven't been shouting it out in every episode, so I might as well do it right now. But please follow me on Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram. DM me, whatever. Get in touch with me. I'd love to, you know, get in touch with the fans and stuff. So My Twitter is at Eldridge underscore Noah, all lowercase, no spaces. It is at E-L-D-R-E-D-G-E underscore Noah, N-O-A-H. So go follow. That's my Twitter. Then looking at my Instagram, you guys can go follow my Instagram. Uh, It's Noah E underscore 22, all lowercase, no spaces, N-O-A-H-E underscore 22. And just like the numbers, you don't spell it out. Um... But yeah, and then you guys can follow my Snapchat. I have two of them. I don't really use my other ones, so you guys can just follow this one. Eldridge 22 once again, all lowercase, no spaces. N-E-L-D-R-E-D-G-E-2-2. So yeah, that's my Snapchat. Yeah, go ahead and follow me, guys. I would love to get in touch with you guys. So please follow me, DM me, try to get in touch, and uh, yeah, give me some criticism on the podcast, good or bad. Um, if anyone wants to come on the podcast, we can do like a Q&A or something. That'd be super fun. So yeah, hope everyone enjoys this episode. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace out.